Hey there! Welcome to Dogs Are Smarter Than People. My name is Sean, and next to me is my beautiful wife, Carrie Jones. Sean is a former cop and now his own businessman, and this writing podcast is about writing what? and life and being quirky. We start with a random thought recorded somewhere in our house, oftentimes in our bedroom, and then we do a writing tip and a dog tip. Why do we talk about writing? Because I'm a writer. Because Carrie Jones is an international and New York Times best-selling author. She knows a whole heck of a lot about writing. But not about life. Well, we do stumble through life quite a bit. <laughs> and you'll experience that if you keep listening. Let's start with a random thought. Alright, let's go, baby. Hey, baby bear. Hey, what's up, love? Um, it's random thought in the office again. <sighs> We have We're getting no so life. old and boring. So so boring. COVID, man. We're going to start doing this stuff in bit. Yeah, but then you hear the fan and you hear you moving the sheets and being in a pro-pro. And I don't know, man. It well, feels like it might not be a good idea to do any bad. We have younger listeners occasionally. Really? Well, your niece. <laughs> and so... <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> We have this Patreon, and uh, Sean and my now niece, who is amazing and awesome and I adore, just uh, signed up for our Patreon. I was like... (gasps) She's a patron, huh? I'm like, how old is she? That's Um, amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. She paid for the whole year? Yeah, the whole year. I love that kid. Uh, I love her so much. Anyway, She's awesome. I was... uh, I just found out via the magic of Twitter that there was a movie that we completely missed called... The Velocipaster. It came out in 2018. No way. Yes, but you have to listen to what it is. It says, um, after losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. (laughs) At first, horrified by this new power, a hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime and ninjas. Really? This is probably the least PC movie in the entire universe, is what I'm thinking. Really? Yeah, but we should watch it just to decide if it is. Um, But also, like, that was the IMDb version of it. And I wanted to, like, hone in on the sentence. At first, horrified by this new power, a hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime. Because if you go on Amazon Prime, which I went on because I want to watch this, it says, at first, horrified by this new power... A prostitute convinces him to fight crime. So it's entirely the same sentence. Is one word better than the other? I think a prostitute is like kinder, maybe, than a hooker. But I was like, when I was thinking about how I was going to describe it on the podcast, I was going to say a sex worker. Yeah. Because I'm probably more PC than both Amazon and IMDb. Who who knew? Should you call her or him a voluntary sex worker? (laughs) I, I, I don't know because I haven't watched the movie. Well, I, but you would hope that was the I case, I would definitely right? hope so, but I don't know. I mean, and he is a... Well, I guess he doesn't have to be doing the hooker, but... No, maybe, definitely. Maybe he's, like, counseling her as a pastor or something. I, you think he's banging her? I have no idea. I have to oh, see the movie. Uh, I have to see the movie. I can't believe we didn't know about this movie. But here's the question. Yeah. Is he doing her? And doing her. She doing wants her? him. She wants him to embrace the dinosaur because she likes doing the dinosaur. 
Only you would go there, babe. I bet You're not You're man. Look at the pastor's name. I know. The pastor has the same name as my ex-husband. Which is gonna make it hard for me to root for the pastor. Let's just be honest. The pastor was infected by an artifact. I was infected in, by my ex-husband. In the, in the prostitutes... No! He's it was the man. prostitute's artifact, probably. <laughs> no, it was not. Pastor's into some kinky stuff. Dude, we have to watch this movie. It's not, it's not. If we don't stop talking about it, it's never going to live up to our expectations. I know. <laughs> I know. That's so sad. But I should shut up because my mind's going to places that are definitely not PC, probably. Definitely not appropriate for your niece. No, it wasn't that. It was uh, just. I mean, you have you have sex. Asian and ch- ancient artifacts. I know it's very not going to be PC. <laughs> like I'm really worried there's going to be a lot of bias and bigotries and stereotypes. Like I don't know how they're going to take this white pastor guy who goes to China and turns into a velociraptor, white savior complex. But I think it's supposed to be a comedy. He's so a maybe they're making maybe they're making fun of that. You know, like that stereotype trope thing you know so i can't tell you until i see it how bad or how amazing it is this is not an endorsement for the velocipaster i just thought the greatest joke but i cannot say it here good not because it's mm-hmm. nasty or naughty no because i don't want somebody to get mad at us i'll tell you through it after oh no no, it involves a very famous star who's currently in the news. Okay. For some supposed crazy thoughts. Is it Seth Rogen going no. after Ted Cruz on Twitter? I love Seth Rogen. Oh, I didn't know that. And I might like the other guy. I don't know. But okay. All right. Then. I don't know him. Oh, Arnie Hammer? Is it Arnie or Army? Oh, Army. Army. I don't know. That's who it was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. It was just connected because velociraptors eat flesh. You know. (laughs) Jesus. You know what? That kind of like, like, folds into what we're talking about on the podcast today in our more official part of the podcast, not the random thoughts, because we're talking about believability. Yeah. And like that whole... Uh, scandal around Mr. Hammer. Mm-hmm. Like, th- some people are like, that can't be true. And some people are like, that's definitely true. And it's like so out there because it involves cannibalistic sex tweets, uh-huh. basically. Um, and what the whole podcast is, is like, what's believable and what's not. And I was thinking about like, you know, presidents and media and everybody calling things fake when they don't want to believe it. Right. But how in a story, like when you're a writer, you want to try to make everyone believe your story, right? And you're making it all up when it's fiction. And how do you do that when you have people in real life, like the Tiger King story or Mr. Hammer's story or president, no matter what side you're on story, like when it, Sometimes it just feels so unbelievable. How do you make people believe that? Well, that's the thing now. The world has opened up to unlimited believability. Because the flip side of the coin is non-believability of the things that are true. Just because you just thought, why would you say that anybody's not capable of anything in this world anymore? I don't know. Just because they're human? Yeah. Humans, bull crap. 
bullcrap. If Army Hammer likes human flesh, he would not be the first one to ever say that. That's you know so what I mean? Gross. There are whole, whole That's against groups. the law. There are whole this is not of, an endorsement of eating human flesh. There are whole ever. groups of people that are into that in this world currently. Whole groups? Yeah, like people that meet up and... No, they are not. Yeah, they are. No, I'm not saying not. that's what they do. But at you the just very, said that's what they do. No, at the very least, they pretend and they, and they make it as real as possible. I mean, that's what I read. You know. I'm so vanilla. You're not. You just like to pretend that you're I vanilla. am vanilla, baby. I yeah. think you just have to believe that. I know that's not what your perception is, but I'm pretty friggin' friggin'. Well, you're like Briars because you're good vanilla. I'm baby. fancy vanilla. Tasty. <laughs> I like I like the way you eat, way you eat vanilla. Yeah. It's because I was so poor for so long, and when we did get ice cream, it was really bad ice cream. And so now I'm like, I really like this. Oh. Not for real. Okay, let's move it. (laughs) That was just a comparison. Writing tip of the pod. So this week's podcast is not about vanilla ice cream or velocipasters, but it's about making your story believably badass and your characters too. That sounds good. Yeah, man. So a lot of time, if you're a writer, you'll write a story and a beta agent, I mean a beta reader or a agent or an editor or a reviewer will say the most horrifying thing, well, one of them, and that is, this is just not believable. And you'll want to give them the finger when they say that because it's really offensive and horrifying because all you do as a writer is like build up. Right. And a lot of time... You'll tweet something, and some rando on Twitter will say, WTF, you lie. <laughs> and a lot of time, you'll just be telling a story at a party or during Zoom in COVID times, and people will be like, no way, no freaking way. And in the chat room, they'll be like, you're such a liar face, that couldn't happen. Um, yeah. So this can be <laughs> annoying, <laughs> especially when you're trying to sell a book. And you get that, like, revision note, right? Oh, man, I'm telling you. But why does this happen? That hasn't happened to me in a very long time. And to be fair, I wrote a book that became a New York Times and International bestseller about human-sized pixies trying to, in Maine, trying to create an apocalypse. And wares. And werewolves, too. And, like, you know what? I didn't get that note. Don't forget the werebear. The were- there was a werebear, but you're, you're making my point not be as... Oh. Okay, so. (laughs) No, I think the more oddities you throw in there with your point, the more effective it is, because you didn't get that note for that one. No, I didn't, which is weird. (laughs) And a weird tiger. Grammy was a weird tiger. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, why does this happen? Like, why do people not believe our stories? Um, And sometimes people react that way because their world and experience doesn't mesh with your own, and they don't understand that everyone in Down East Maine calls everyone else. Whoops darling even straight men like say that to other straight men oh yeah right sure and why else is it sometimes it's because you just haven't suspended disbelief for them and that happens in real life too right heck yeah it does so sometimes lies aren't believable right like in real life especially yeah so there was this man who used to be a houston police officer he resigned january 14th and he went into the capitol building on january 6th 
and when he was interviewed, he told the federal agents that he wasn't really part of the riots. He just wanted to see the amazing <laughs> art <laughs> in the Capitol building. Oh. And he was only in D.C. to help out his wife, who had some sort of cooking business or something. And she and somebody else wanted to go. He just was like, okay, let's go. Um, and then he just got, you know... All caught, up. Up. Just caught up. Caught up. Caught up. Yep. But his phone, which the agents looked at, showed a bunch of videos and photos of him. The photos and videos were allegedly in a deleted folder. <laughs> but the folder was not all the way deleted. Come not, on, people. I know. Dang. I know. And he was arrested because of his story? It wasn't that believable to those federal agents, right? Yeah, and I'm sure that when you used to be a cop, you heard a lot of stories like that too, right? Oh, yeah. Like what? Can you think of any? No. Oh, he's belching. Yeah, excuse me. Whenever he thinks of about when he used to be a cop, he belches. I want to vomit in my mouth. Ugh. No, not really. All right, but that happened all the time, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. So one time, our youngest daughter, who has autism and likes to make a really make really big stories, right? Because yeah, yeah. she loves stories, told other, and hyperbole, told other campers at the campground that we went to Disney, but she had to sleep in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, what? And the other campers gobbled at us, and they're like, "What?" And they didn't believe her. Thank right. God, because it wasn't believable. It didn't match the people we were. And every time she does this, we're like, "Buddy, if you're gonna lie, which we hope you won't, you kind of want to make it a little bit more believable." Yeah. And um, I often tell her and everybody about this girl that I met in college who told everyone during freshman orientation, or new student orientation now, sorry, that her parents died in a plane crash in Alaska and she was an orphan. And then about two parties later, when she was super drunk on um, keg beer, she, um, <laughs> that story morphed into a plane crash in Hawaii. Uh, and then there was another interval where it was in the Caribbean. Oh, wow. But... Then, during homecoming weekend, her parents showed up in their BMW very much alive. Wow. <laughs> so don't be that girl. In life or in your story. You want to keep the details straight, you know? You well, wanna, heck yeah. You want, if you're going to tell a lie, you got to be committed. Yeah, you got to be committed in your novels, too, to keep all the, all the little details in the story straight. Yes, that's right. Don't make someone a were-bear and then a were-tiger. All the nuances got to be... Consistent throughout. Yeah, throughout. Don't, don't say that you weren't that that you were only there to take to enjoy the art and then take pictures of yourself under a Trump flag. Like it doesn't make sense. So, so had what? Boo? I was gonna ask a question. Okay. Yeah? Is there something wrong with the word freshman nowadays? Yes, yeah, man. The word man is uh, freshman. So it's exclusive and exclusionary. Uh, so you want to say new student? They were doing that when I was in college, and I'm ancient, man. Oh, that was my other question. Yeah. Your people at your college didn't have enough money to sprinkle bottled beer. You made cake beer sound like it's worse than bottled beer. I cake don't know. The best. It was usually really bad beer. I think I never. Oh, it probably was. I, I probably didn't like it. Jesus beer they, oh, you don't hardly like beer now. No, I don't. You don't I like, like beer much. I'm just like with ice cream. I only like hoity-toity beer. You just never drank enough to get yourself beyond that point, probably. You know. Beer. After yeah, I didn't like beer. You probably filled up before you got to the point where it tasted not so bad. Because oh, beer's yeah. filling, you know. No, I like the keg parties that weren't keg parties, but where like you had the giant garbage cans with the garbage bag liner, and you made a mixed drink of crud inside of it, like 
sex on the beach. Yeah, or we something. never did that. Because <laughs> Florida versus garbage Maine. cans are nasty. <laughs> Even if you put a liner in it. <laughs> they were specially designated party. We trash used, cans, we used garbage it. cans to hold the keg in the ice. <laughs> and the good part about that was by the heavy duty trash cans, they have handles on each side, so That's two right. guys can grab a handle and throw it in the back of a truck so you can run when the cops show up. Dude, that didn't happen. We were not that smart at my college. You were smarter at your pit parties. We were more, well, you know, when you start at the age of like 14, you get, you develop skills, you have, you have mentors that teach you these things. <laughs> the party mentors. The guys that can actually drive. Uh, see, John just told the story and I believed everything. Oh, because it's true. I know, but that's interesting. Isn't it? <laughs> okay, anyways. So how do you make your story believable and badass? Put a cake in it, apparently, <laughs> yeah, right. Sean. <laughs> I have cake mentors. But Michael Hogg, or I don't know how to say his name, over on Story Mastery has some great and very easy and simplistic ideas on how to make your story more believable. They're pretty basic, but they're important to remember or remind yourself about. Here you go. Direct quote. Number one. Sourced in the podcast notes. Don't sue us. Okay. In every sequence of your story, ask yourself, do my characters behave the way people with their backgrounds would normally behave in this situation? Is this their most logical response to the danger they're in, to the desire they're pursuing, or to the actions of the other characters? Like, don't say you're going to see the art if you've never been into art. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in doubt, ask yourself, is this what I would do if I were in this situation? Yeah. So when you're making a decision for your character, be like, would I do that? Or I don't think that's really the best advice because your character shouldn't be exactly like you. So like if Sean and I. Keep right? going. Yeah. Like, let's say like, I don't know, a bad guy comes into our house, right? Right. I'm running to call 911 right. and lock people in rooms and right. then get out the window and onto the roof. Sean is probably running to get a gun right? or he's already tackled the bad guy. So those are two very different responses mm -hmm. to a singular situation that's based on our different personality types, right? Right. So I don't always think if you're in doubt, ask yourself if is this what I would do in this situation? Because that makes every character like you. And if every character is like you, that's a boring book. Well, yeah. And the other thing was when you talked, when you gave the example of going to look at art. Yeah. Like your character doesn't, the characters change. I would never have gone to look at art. Right. But I've gone to museums with you plenty of times and enjoyed the heck out of myself. I mean, art museums. I go to a science museum or whatever. But yeah. We've been to nice art museums and I actually enjoy it. I don't know crap about art. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's fun. I know, but it's, it's believable. It's fun to reach because over the barrier and have a guard yell at you and <laughs> stuff like that. Shawnee got yelled at at but, the museum in Chicago. He hasn't let it, let it go yet. <laughs> I don't know the proper etiquette for behavior in, our, in nice museums. Shawnee's really tall, if you don't know him in real life. And he has a very large wingspan. And when he's excited about something, he gesticulates a lot. And those arms and elbows are dangerous weapons. Yeah. And so, like, if I had done the same motion that he had done, I wouldn't have gotten in trouble. But when he pointed at the art, yeah. his little, like, tops of his fingers went over the line and boom! I know. It was like alarms went off. Oh, I was just, like, excited. I was like, look! She doesn't have a shirt on! Look at that! <laughs> and... That's so wrong. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway. Okay, moving on. To Number two. Don't confuse credibility with documented reality. One of the weakest arguments you can make in support of your character's actions is, but that really happened. Because we know sometimes real things happen and they're unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Right? Heck yeah. Okay. Three. Foreshadow the character's actions and abilities. If you want your hero to use karate in a fight with the villain, reveal her martial arts talents before it's important to the plot. Show her practicing in the dojo early in the movie. Wonder doesn't seem important. Or open the novel with her beating down a mugger with her martial arts skills. That way, when it counts, your audience will subconsciously say, Oh, that's right. This everyday school teacher has been learning karate. You know what? I just thought of a scene for a movie or a book. Uh-huh. Where a chick's going to... Like, a chick. Excuse me. A female of the most utmost distinction. Jeez. Is walking down the street and somebody tries to mug her. And she like whoops his butt. She's like, oh, you're going to mug me. Let me mug you. And she takes his wallet. Oh. Which of course is empty. Oh. And she's like, wait a minute. Oh, never mind. I'm done. I got to stop. What if her wallet, what if his wallet wasn't empty and there was like a badge in there and like $18,000? Like what kind of edge? I don't know. Either a police or federal badge. Oh, well, then she should call the popo. That would be exciting. Like immediately. I think that'd be a cool scene. Okay. And take the money. More advice includes openly admitting the incredibility of a scene. If, against all logic, your hero pursues a lover who might be a hitman or has just mugged her, have her best friend say to her, Are you nuts? This guy could be a cold-blooded killer. Then your hero can explain her actions in a way that's consistent with the personality and background you've given her. Subconsciously, you're telling the audience, Look, I know this seems unbelievable, dude, but let me tell you why it isn't. I'm telling you, there's hardly anything that's unbelievable nowadays. Well, that's because of number five, which is what you're going to tell us this point. Okay. Yeah. Dazzle the audience with pyrotechnics. This is definitely the last resort solution to the problem of credibility. But if you keep the action moving fast enough, or if the setting is big and spectacular enough, the audience might not notice some lapses in logic. I think that's especially true for um, movies, but I'm not 100% sure about that last tip because, like, yeah, it can help, but sometimes those big spectacles can't divert us enough. Like, Sean has a very hard time with this in movies, and I bet you can think right now, if you're Sean or if you're a listener, of some superhero or science fiction movies that have come out recently that do this. They're like, Boom, 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 spectacle, spectacle, spectacle. But then you're like, but that doesn't conform to who the character is. And they would never do that. Or that makes no sense. Or Sean with the Negan stuff and Walking Dead had to stop watching The Walking Dead. Oh, I literally stopped watching he The couldn't. Walking Dead. Because, you know, it's just, it's, it's totally unrealistic to think that Negan wouldn't have been dead guy. within days. Because, oh, oh he's not superhuman yeah. you know invincible and the other people would have taken care of him by then but oh. you don't even need to watch a movie for me to be like i mean there's books out there by somebody that are extremely popular and they're you know they're crime books yeah. they're, and they always make the bad guy the bad guy he's just, he's just uber intelligent person that's just always one step ahead oh, always yeah. it's a freaking impossible you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care 
who you are, what government agency you might have worked for. There's just no way. Especially if you're just one guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know why they do that? In the writing world, they're like, oh, the badder the villain, the higher the stakes, the harder it is for our good guy to... Oh, yeah, yeah, I understand it, but it drives me crazy because it's not realistic whatsoever. Yeah. All right, so... Now you heard our pet peeves, or at least Sean's pet peeves. (laughs) So in both real life and stories, you don't want to make things so unbelievable that they don't make sense. Like, Sean stopped watching The Walking Dead, even though it's about zombies. The reason he stopped watching was because of the human interaction in which an old sheriff couldn't take down this super bad guy. Anybody. Or anybody. That was in the good group. Could have killed Negan. (laughs) And beat him to death with his own bat, is what I would have done. Seal. Um, but... I mean, I might have killed him with a gun first, but then I would have caved his head in with the bat. And this is how Shawnee and I are different. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, things need to be logical and stuff. <laughs> Dog tip for life. Are you side-eyeing me, girl? Because I'm looking towards the recording microphone so my voice comes out right. So am I. Oh. It's a straight line <laughs> from straight my chin. Line. To where I think the microphone is. I'm not even sure. Okay, anyways. So, you know what? I was going to ask Sparty for help on this, but I don't even need it. Okay. Sparty's li- our dog. I li- One. One of our dogs. Yeah. The other one's Gabby. Yeah. I don't need to ask him because I see it. He's living the unbelievable lie every day. <laughs> but he does his best to make it believable. And that lie is that he's constantly hungry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he will lay around here all day, looking miserable. <laughs> like, miserable. He's so fat he can't even lay flat That's on not his side. True. That's his not true. But his face will be slack. His tongue will be lolling out, drool running, his eyes will be glazed over. Not true. And then you go to brush by the knob on the pantry door and he jumps up and runs over to the pantry and wags his tail. And Very like, true. Just the happiest dog in the world. Yeah, yeah. So what's his big lie that that he's, he's not that he's hungry? Because uh, then if you don't give him a treat, then he'll sulk off. He'll find a place <laughs> to lay down close by you, mind you. Stare at you for a while and just kind of ease off into slow death. Shoom. I mean, it's fake, of course. But so he what, wants you to think he's dying of hunger. But what is the the like the tip? For humans to learn from Sparty. Oh. If you got to play it out that much, <laughs> it's not going to be believable. <laughs> I'd rather see him go out in the backyard and run a few laps. Uh, and then come, I mean, I could bring a human example into this too, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then come back outside and say, man, dad, I'm bushed. Can I have a snack? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, maybe like if you gotta play it up too much, it might not be believable. Remember, but everything is believable. But it's not believable if the other people have the facts that prove it. it wrong. Exactly what I was gonna say. Thanks. So. Yeah. If the evidence points in the other direction, like strongly, you know. <laughs> if your side, if your rib cage is twice as wide as your head. <laughs> if your humans know how much they feed you every day. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> if perhaps your parents aren't dead and are going to show up to homecoming weekend at your college, <laughs> maybe not try to work that lie. Did she even say, like, I, I got adopted last month or anything? Um, at one point, she said that someone called her on it, and she was like, oh, that's my aunt and uncle. No way. And then other people were like, hey, so is this your niece? And they're like, gosh, no, that's our daughter name here. <laughs> and it was really bad. I think Man, she ended up transferring, horrible. like, after freshman year. I feel badly to have to go through such... I know. Things just There's, for attention. I know, it's sad. It's hard to be a new student in college. You're, you know, cast out, trying to rebuild your life without your parents. So you want to build it around tragedy? It got her attention. I guess it did. Yeah. Hello, everybody. We just want to say thank you for listening. We really appreciate it very much. And we enjoy this podcast and hope you do too. So please be sure to like share, and subscribe this marvelous piece of information right here. <laughs> all the podcast notes and all of our podcasts are available everywhere, but the notes themselves are on Carrie Jones Books, C-A-R-R-I-E, jonesbooks.blog. Um, and we wanted to do a special shout out because all the music that you hear in this podcast is that we've clipped and shortened is made available through the Creative Commons license. We have a link on our podcast um, webpage there to the artist's website. And the artist is um, Broke for Free and the song is Summer Spliff. Spliff. Summer Spliff. I don't know how to say those pot words. <laughs> I don't even know for sure that's what they're talking about, but I like to pretend. <laughs> And baby girl. Yes. What's coming up new in our lives? Hey, I have a new um, class, six-month class at the Writing Barn that starts in February called Write, Submit, Support. Um, and I have a new class myself. And you can contact me via the website if you want in. We have another new cool Patreon coming up. Yes, we do. I'm and excited about that. We have another podcast coming out soon. The Patreon's actually out. Oh, yeah, man. It's up and running. It was out yesterday. Yeah. We just haven't talked about it yet. What can we do on that Patreon? We can, um, you can take a teachable class, like, kind of thing, and learn how to write killer scenes in just one day for $25. Yeah. You can take, you can also... Um, Buy some of your books? Yeah, I get PDF versions of my books. Support the podcast. And you can support this podcast. <sighs> what else do we have coming up, Bobby? Uh, I have a new book coming up soon. It's the sequel to um, The Places We Hide. And I just mentioned our other podcast. Did Did you you mention that we have a new podcast coming out soon? Yeah, man. Oh. We haven't named it yet. No, but I'm so excited about it. He's way excited about it. Because we don't have to be all like G-rated and stuff. Yeah, it's not as G-rated as I'm going to get to cuss. He's going to get to swear. Oh, yeah. And we're going to have video with it. Thanks again, folks. We, we, We truly appreciate it and love you. Yeah.